Thanks for joining the Life's Better podcast, where we say at least twice an episode yeah. that life is so much better <laughs> with God, community, and purpose. Jonathan Gleason here, Josh Dolan, as always. Hey. Today, we're going to actually finish up really a three-part series where we've examined Stephen Covey's Seven mm. Habits of Highly Effective People. So we've looked at five. We're going to look at the last two. And so because there's so many, and it's <laughs> been over like three months, if you guys watch every single month, uh, we need a review. And so we're going to do a little quiz. I've got a few scenarios. You've got a few scenarios. Mm -hmm. You guys can play along. As these scenarios are being explained, we're going to be doing our best to figure out which out of the seven habits can be best utilized in that scenario. Okay. So I'm going to go first. All right. The first one has to do with my one of my kids. Oh, gosh. Okay. They, they all like playing ball with me, but there's one kid uh, who really enjoys playing ball, and he does pretty good catching um, the baseball if I throw it directly into his mitt. Mm. <laughs> but if that happens to be a little bit, you know, over his head mm. or in front of him. It's or Owen, isn't it? Yeah. It, it? You know, he's just so not athletic. He, <laughs> yeah. he has to be thrown directly yeah, yeah, yeah. into the mitt. He can um, catch the cross. With the, <laughs> but yeah, not the baseball. But not the baseball. Uh, and, and typically what happens is if it doesn't go directly in his mitt, somehow it's my fault. And it's mm. like, Dad, you didn't, throw, you didn't throw it right. It's like, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> it's my fault. You know, it's just a foot uh, above you. But, yeah. What... What out of the seven habits could he utilize oh, he, in order okay. to more effectively uh, increase his chances, I guess, of catching that ball? Mm. You know, I don't know about increasing the chances of catching. There's definitely one okay. of the seven habits okay. that if he was consistently living this out, it would increase his chances of catching the ball. Man. Um... Be proactive? If he decided to be proactive okay. and chase Worry about down himself, as not a, what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to just like, oh, yeah, well, it's clearly dad's fault. I mean, <laughs> I can't move my legs and go back and go forward. You know, if he was just proactive mm. and worried less about what I was doing and more about his opportunity yeah, to I catch was, the ball. I, you threw me a curveball there because I was expecting it to be like on you. And I was gotcha. like, maybe think win-win. Yeah, like, how yeah, in yeah. the world can sure. he like... Fix it, but like, yeah, no. Uh, Owen really needs to work on his proactive <laughs> skills. Um, we'll have to have a talk about that in youth. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, so my first one. Yep. Uh, let's say that you get to work, and it's Monday, Monday morning. Yep. And uh, you look at your list of to-dos, mm. and it's just a mile long. Uh, how can you keep from getting stressed? What, what is it going to be? The best way to tackle that. Put first things first. Put first things first. That is correct. Woo! Good job. All right. All right. We're each one for one. Yeah. What would be your, your first things first in that M scenario? Monday Monday is uh, jam on that sermon. Jam on that sermon. For Sunday. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Cool. <laughs> All right. Next one for you. Um, okay. So put yourself in this scenario. Okay. Corporate has just given your office branch a sizable check because you have exceeded sales. Oh, man. But Pam in the office, oh, she wants to use that, that, you know, the big check for new office chairs. Oh. But Jim in the office wants to use that check for a copier. Yeah. There's, there's problems in the office because mm. those, the those are the two competing ideas of mm. how to use that check. Mm. What out of seven habits, what habit would help in this scenario? Mm. So here's a question. If I do nothing, do I get to pocket that money? I'm just kidding. You do uh, not. <laughs> you are not the regional manager. <laughs> I would say we need to think win-win. 
Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Think, win, win. Maybe there's even a third option, and only because they're thinking win, lose, it's my way or the highway. Yeah, you know, yeah they're not going to. How, how can we save money on both of these uh, and get a good copier and new office chairs? Josh is thinking win, win. Yeah. Love it. That's good. All right. So my second scenario uh, is someone comes it's, it's another office scenario. I, I just kind of pictured Jonathan and figured out scenarios around him. Uh, someone comes into your office complaining about their husband. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> you hate their husband or hate, totally. hate, the, hate the scenario? Both of them. Oh, okay, they, they yeah, sound yeah. awful. <laughs> They're the worst. <laughs> just send them out of your office. How in the world can you help them, uh, I guess, in their situation? Well, knowing the seven habits, I think I would employ the seek first to understand than to be understood. Absolutely. That is habit number five. Good job. Ding, ding. Hey, we're doing really well. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Uh, a family, not your family, but let's say a family, spends most of their weekend resting from the long school week, work mm. week, and they just kind of veg out, watch TV. And by the end of the weekend, they're definitely well rested, but there is a sense of, yeah, should we be doing more? Is there mm. more to life? Is there more to our family? Is there more to our weekend than what we're currently living out? Mm. Out of the seven habits, is there a habit that they could use in order to get the most out of There's their weekend? Probably a bunch of them. But in all honesty, I would say probably number two, begin with the end in mind. Begin uh, with the end in mind. Having that like goal for the weekend or even your overarching uh, mission statement as a family, how can you achieve that over the weekend and still maybe even focus on number seven uh, as well. We'll get to that. <laughs> yes, yes. We are quizzing each other for all seven. So this is a review of the, the five that we've done. And then we're also going to introduce you to the last two. All right. So right. this is number three? Three? Yes. Three for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have to lead a ministry you have never led ever before for the next year. Yeesh. How can you employ one of the habits to get you to where you need to go Gosh, okay. I think maybe a few of them would help, but what would you employ? You know, I'm going to go with beginning with the end in mind. Yeah, that, that, was, okay. that was my idea behind it. Okay. I know that it kind of approached it a little different than yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think having like, uh, what is your ultimate goal for yeah. that ministry? No, that makes being sense. Being important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that was good. All right, number four, um, getting to that halfway point here. One of your students, if you're watching, listening right now, and you don't realize it, Josh is a youth pastor, so I'm saying you're in youth, one of your students comes in, super like cranky, just in a funk, they're, <laughs> like anytime you give them some instruction, they're just like giving you a hard time, uh, at some point, you know, maybe, maybe they even just get like critical, um, it's just <laughs> a bad, it's a bad day for you, for them, how could you, how could you help in that situation by using one of the seven habits? I think I got to seek first to understand then be understood yep they they probably came in with some overarching thing that has nothing to do with me mm. uh but my tendency our tendency as a people is to think it all is about me yeah. and it probably isn't so yeah. uh seek first to understand then be understood is that, it. is that good that's awesome it. wow N no mistakes yet <laughs> pressure's on all right number four okay you have a group of coworkers all struggling to do their own projects <laughs> with little to no overlap between coworkers and they're like they're just kind of all doing their own thing. They're all struggling. Okay. Uh, what can what can you do? 
Oh, okay, using the seven habits, what can I do? Uh, they're all struggling with something. They're all struggling to do their own projects and none of them uh, have any overlap into each other's projects. Oh. I'm trying to like oh, lob it. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay, that, that, that was good. Okay, this is the sixth habit. Yeah. And this is what we're gonna be introducing today. Mm -hmm. And this is, we need to synergize. Absolutely. Good no, job. that was good, that was good, Josh. Not, not an easy I one. I worded it a little <laughs> poorly to begin no, with. No, you so. helped me out with that <laughs> extra little. Yeah, synergize, but we'll talk about that one in a bit. Okay, number five for you, right? <laughs> yeah. So you've got a friend, and your friend has a board game idea that mm. he really wants to market, uh, he wants to create, sell, all right, Max, yeah. Okay, so you got a friend like that. Yep. The problem with Max is that he just jumps from one project to the next. Uh, he leaves uh, you know, one stressful situation ah, and jumps Max. on the next stressful, and he just never, doesn't have time to get to what he really wants to do. Yep, okay. What um, can you do using the seven habits? So here's the problem. As we go deeper, I feel like I've used, I, I can't remember ones I've already said <laughs> and which ones I haven't. I'm going to say uh, we got to, Mm. I think you might be right. I don't know what you're about to say, but I think you put might be right. first things first. Put first things okay. first. I was uh, Max has the goal, so he yeah, has yeah, the yeah, yeah. Uh, the end game in mind. Mm. What Max needs is a strategy to get to that point. He yeah. needs a system Come to on, get Max. to that point. Yeah. Poor Max. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's your. Oh turn. yeah, sorry. I was just waiting for the next question. All right. Um. Let's see here. Uh, my next one is ooh, this one's this one's good. Okay. Y uh, let's say you aren't you aren't married yet. Okay. Uh, Dana hasn't come into the picture. Ugh, life um, is awful. And you've already gone through like just a horrible horrible situation breakup. Like it was just very toxic for you. Okay. Um, so you want to be married. Okay. But fear of rejection or losing that person holds you back. What I can you do? I think I need to be proactive yeah. and still go for it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think proactive, like controlling what you can control, yeah. not worrying about what you can't, like that, that can be helpful in that situation. And honestly, I'm not gonna have any trouble <laughs> finding a wife. So why do I, what am I stressed about, right? And young Jonathan needs to work on pride maybe a little bit too. Probably, probably. I don't know if that's a habit that uh, <laughs> Maybe begin with the end. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we could squeeze it in there somewhere. All right, number six here. Uh, you have a diverse group. Again, youth pastor uh, okay. scenario. You've got some who like sports, some who hate sports. You've yeah. got some who are into drama, some who are into music. You've got young, you've got old, you've got mature, immature. You just got a diverse group. Um, if you if you want to galvanize this diverse group of students behind mm. a clear, focused, intention mission, mm. you're gonna wanna make sure that they are doing what out of the seven habits? The goal is that this team will really what? Oh, number six, synergize? Synergize, all right, all right, synergize. Right. Gotta have this group in that synergy. Mm -hmm. What is synergy? You're gonna find out in just a second. <laughs> all right, we have, I have two more, you have one more. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say that this is early on in marriage. You and Dana have, have finally uh, tied the knot. Good. Uh, <laughs> but you and Dana have difficulty in uh, kind of meshing your life goals. So like maybe you got married without really talking about this and so now you are <laughs> and you realize that you have some, some differing uh, life goals that you both wanna accomplish, you both wanna see through. How can you fix this problem? 
I feel like I've already used Seek First to under or uh You might have. So I can't use that one. You both have you both have these goals, but they aren't necessarily the same goals. How how can you accomplish uh, what you need to accomplish? How how can you guys have a, a healthy marriage? Have I already used the begin with the end in mind? You have. Dang. Am I gonna get my first loss here? This might be my fault. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to think of the ones I've already used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, think win-win? That is the correct answer. I, I, I thought failed there. Yeah, in Ooh. my mind, you got you to gotta have that, uh, not have that scarcity mindset where uh, both things yes. can be accomplished. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe they're very differing and like just complete opposites, and then you got to really be creative in how you think win-win, but... Uh, in most cases, you know, uh, she might have these career goals and you mm. might have these family goals. And if you have that scarcity mindset, you might sure. think you can only accomplish one when That's you can good. probably accomplish both. No, that makes sense. I All like right. it. All right, last one. Maybe, maybe just from process of elimination, you might be able to get this oh, one. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, awesome. but we'll see. Okay, you've been at your workplace for over five years. Okay. Things are good, but there is this. Is, this, this is my scenario right now. There is this sense of, you know, just stress and anxiety that pops up more often than you'd oh, like. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> and then at the same time, <laughs> you get this dose of apathy that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Mm. So what could you do to curb apathy, curb the stress and anxiety in your life? You gotta, you gotta sharpen that saw. You have to sharpen the saw. Yeah, that's habit number seven. And we're gonna get to that yep. one today. Yeah, and same thing for you. Uh, process of elimination. Um, your job and family roles have you feeling exhausted and bitter. How can you rejuvenate? Be proactive. Wait, no, that's not the right. Oh man, unbelievable. No, I think it's sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw. Good job. Cool. Well done, dude. Seven out of seven. We did good. We did it. Okay, and we successfully did a high five. There was no miss there. That was perfect. Yeah, that was. That was good. Okay, well, we're gonna jump into these last two habits. The first one is to synergize. And this, this is kind of one of those buzzwords that, I mean, what does it mean? You know, it doesn't mean like, I don't know, your favorite exercise routine, uh, <laughs> jazzercise. Uh, it sounds kind of similar, but totally different. Mm -hmm. Let me try to give it uh, a little bit of context by explaining something that I've been seeing mm. over the last two weeks. So don't know if you've noticed this, but quite often when I'm outside, I will see geese doing their migratory oh, flights. Oh yeah, yeah, those and, are cool. Yeah, in fact, in fact, this past Friday, I heard this like noise and I was like, what is that noise? And I had like my whole family like stop, I was like, wait, let's listen. And we're like, what is that noise? And as it got closer, it was like, oh, it's the geese like honking at each other. <laughs> uh, so typically when you see geese, you know, you don't see a lone goose flying typically. Mm. You see them in groups, and they're usually flying in what type of formation? They've got that V formation. The V formation. Mm -hmm. Now, you probably learned this in school, but when geese are flying in that V formation together, they're actually able to travel 71% further than if they were just traveling alone, which is sense. pretty considerable. Yeah. Uh, there's a few reasons for this. One, it, it has that aerodynamics. Uh, they're actually able to draft off yeah. of each other. Yeah. That lead goose, he's the one that's taken most of the, the brunt, but it's, as soon as he's tired, he'll just drop out of formation. Someone else yeah. steps into his place. 
Uh, if one is actually tired, uh, completely done or injured, he'll drop completely out of formation and the entire group actually goes with him mm. to make sure he's doing okay. Uh, on top of that, when you hear that honking and you're like, what is that noise? What is that? Most biologists believe they're actually encouraging one another, hmm. that it's a way to like continue motivating the, I don't know, the geese herd. I don't even know what they're called. Flock, I guess, is what they are. So really fascinating things, which all point to this idea of synergy, hmm. that these geese have been able to synergize themselves. And what is this word synergy? What does it mean? Give us a working definition. So uh, the idea is that, you know, you and I, we can accomplish things on our own that are good, yeah. but in order to really be effective and accomplish something like great, uh, you need to uh, have a part of, you need to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you need to be in a group uh, rather than just lone wolfing it. Yeah, and I, another example I was thinking through really just even has to do with like the cell phone. So we're going to get to some more specific examples of groups, teams in mm -hmm. a second. But when I look at the cell phone, there's all kinds of really cool technology. So if I were to part this thing out, uh, just like the glass alone, you know, Gorilla Glass, wonderful piece of technology. Uh, by itself, the camera, 20 years ago, like the world's greatest spy camera. Um, <laughs> I mean, even the back cover that says rad to the power of sick. I mean, it's, <laughs> ir it's ironic and may get a chuckle uh, from Josh here. You know, all these parts individually, they're good. They're good on their own. Mm. But when you start to piece them together, you end up creating some of the, uh, you know, product that people are mm. willing to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars for. Companies make millions and millions off of it. Yeah. What's just happened here? This has become synergized into something far bigger than its individual parts. So... In your life, maybe a team, uh, mm. maybe some sort of uh, even work setting, where have you experienced synergy? So I feel like it's just been all around me my whole life, but one silly one that I feel like people around here will completely understand is uh, the 2012 UK basketball team that won the whole thing. Like Anthony Davis was amazing and in incredible, probably the best player on that team, but he could have easily lost and not gotten as far as he did without the other four players being as good as they were and mm -hmm. accomplishing their goals on that team. Uh, but ones that I've seen, like some of the most successful parts of ministry that I've ever had um, were when synergy was at its best, like Camp Calvary experiences, mm -hmm. where everybody has their goal and we don't step on each other's toes. In fact, we actually lift each other up and we're able to balance out in I don't know. I always leave uh, Camp Calvary feeling like I've done a lot, but never feeling exhausted because of the people around me have helped keep that balance. And if I did that all on my own, I would absolutely be exhausted by day three. Like it would just be like uh, I feel like an important part of synergy that I've seen um, like the benefits of is that it not only makes things better, but it also, I guess, causes more endurance mm. in yourself. Kind of like the geese thing. Like I'm sure. able to do a lot more when I'm in a group that's synergizing well, yeah. um, and a lot go a lot further and not be burnt out or stressed. Um, then there have been uh, moments as well where like, and I, I wanted to touch on this and, and see your thoughts on this. Hmm. Uh, but there have been moments where you've been in I've been in groups before where it's not been a good example of synergy. And that keeps me from wanting to, you know, be in groups in the future. Yeah. And so it's just like one of those things where you, this is something that has to, you have to believe this uh, because 
you might have those scenarios, but in order to really accomplish something great, you're going to need to be uh, trusting of groups in the future, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. That, I, I, that, you know, this is something that I think you see in the workplace. Mm. You might even see it in church in a life group. <laughs> as simple as someone has one interpretation of scripture, another person <laughs> has another interpretation, and it's just this, you mm. know, awful, like, you know, toxic, oh, you're wrong, yeah. I'm right. And it's like, I don't want to come back to that. Like, yeah. that, that's that's awful. Yeah. Um, but when people are able to see each other's differences and even maybe even see different perspectives that they never saw before, you end up getting a richer perspective of yeah. scripture or whatever it might be. Uh, I think Paul even talks about this in 1 Corinthians when he's describing the church. Yeah. He says, hey, you've got your gifts. Uh, I've got my gifts. And apart from one another, yeah, you may be able to do something, but it's not going to be something that lasts. Mm -hmm. It's when you are using your gifts in conjunction with all the other parts of the church Absolutely. that you actually become the body of Christ. Yeah. Continuing his ministry, which has transformed the entire world, continuing it some 2,000 years later. He even touches on in there, like, we have to play our part. You know, we can't act or try to be something that we're not, uh, which I think touches on that er the areas that you can work on if you're in a group and you're not seeing synergy play out well. Mm. Um, like, are you playing your part well? Is everybody else actually, you know, respecting one another and doing their own thing or, or just trying to, you know, lone wolf it in yeah. a group? Because that can happen too. Um, but yeah, the, that's, that's just a good one. The, the good question I think that I ask is, okay, so how? How can we consistently make sure that we're bringing synergy to yeah. a group? And this is a product of living out the other five habits on a regular basis. Mm. You continue to be proactive. You continue to be someone who thinks with the end in mind putting first things first, seeking first to understand, then to be understood, Absolutely. having that win-win mindset. If that is a part of any group setting, you're gonna naturally synergize. Mm. At the same time though, I think it's also really helpful to look at differences as strengths, not weaknesses. Absolutely. I don't always do this. Like when I'm in a group, if someone's got a different thought, a different perspective, oftentimes I just double down on my ideas. Like, what? No, mm. this dude's thoughts are, they're <laughs> just wrong, you know? And I'll just push my agenda, push my thought. And as opposed to taking the time to say, hey, how can this maybe complement uh, my ideas? How can we actually maybe even create something that's bigger and better than its original idea? I heard a story not that long ago of this restaurant in Italy and it was having some issues because they had two head chefs with radically different ideas. One was kind of the old school, uh, you know, these, this is what Italian cooking technique looks like. These are Italian flavors. This is what Italian food is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got, you know, the new school individual who's all about breaking the rules, <laughs> bringing in new techniques and new flavor combinations. And they just were very competitive, always at each other's throats, and it just wasn't working out. And uh, they heard that a critic was gonna come in and evaluate the restaurant. And they had about a week and they realized, okay, this is make or break time. Like mm. we could either become the place to eat or we could fail miserably. And so the two decided, okay, let's synergize. They didn't use that word. I don't even know what that would be in Italian. But what they did is they started talking to each other about, okay, well, how can we make even better dishes together? Here's some flavors that you may not have thought of. Here's some t techniques that maybe you haven't thought of. Let's work together. And they end up creating stuff that they never would have done on their own. Mm. And when the critic came in, it, 
you know, blew them away. They became the, I don't know, Michelin star. I don't even know how many they get, but it's like <laughs> the place to eat and everyone was really ex uh, excited. This is what synergy looks like. So here's the challenge. Uh, challenge is we all have people in our lives that are different and they have different thoughts and they have different perspective. Identify who that is in your mm -hmm. life. And really just this week, spend just a handful of minutes thinking through, okay, how could these differences actually end up being strengths? Mm -hmm. Whether in your home, whether in your workplace, whether in your neighborhood, understanding, okay, this is their thoughts, this is what they do. Is there anything that maybe maybe could actually be a strength to how we're doing things? Absolutely. And how can I utilize that? No. Not easy, but definitely where you need to be aiming for. Yeah. Okay, uh, the seventh and final habit of highly effective people is? Sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw. So there's a story about a lumberjack competition, and it's a weekend event. Uh, these lumberjacks compete uh, all weekend long, and it whittles down to two guys. One guy, he's been a lumberjack for years and years. He's, he, he's super savvy and uh, knows what he's doing. The other guy, young, strong, has all kinds of endurance. They're gonna be going head-to-head -head in the final competition. The final competition is grueling. It's 16 hours of just sawing down as many trees as you possibly can. And so 16 hours, they jump into it. They're working in the same forest, but they can't see each other, but they can hear each other at work. Mm. And the young guy's thinking, I got this. You know, I've got the strength. I've got the endurance. I can take this guy. O old guy, he's, he's feeling pretty confident too. <laughs> and th the young guy starts to notice about an hour and a half into sawing down trees, he can hear that nothing's going on. Like there's silence mm. from the other mm -hmm. part of the forest. He's like, dude, is he taking a break already? Like we're only an hour and a half in. I haven't even broken a sweat. I've got this. And sure enough, every hour or two, he would hear silence for about 10 to 15 minutes. He's like, that guy needs a break. He's so old. He's not going to be able to make it. So 16 hours goes by. Uh, they begin to count up the trees. The lumberjacks face each other. This, you know, the young guy is like super exhausted, tired. The older guy actually looks a lot fresher than he feels he should, uh, mm. or at least the younger guy thinks he should. And he's like, what's going on? Oh, it's the breaks, it's the breaks. You know, you got more breaks than I did. I, I still got this competition. Numbers come in, turns out the older guy has a considerable number of trees above the younger guy. The younger guy's incredulous. Like, how in the world did you do that? There's no way, like someone is lying. He's, you took breaks like every hour and a half. How, how could you cut down more? I never stopped for 16 hours. And the older guy looked at him and was like, hey, when I took a break, I wasn't just like taking a nap. Mm. I took a break to sharpen my saw. The idea being once that saw is sharper, it's able to cut down more efficiently yeah. and cut down more, more trees. Yeah. So fun little parable. Uh, it might be one of those things that we could find all kinds of cool little hidden uh, helpful insights. But what does it mean to sharpen our saw? So it's the idea that self-renewal and balance are a priority in your life. Self-renewal and balance are a priority. Now, Stephen Covey talks about four areas where self-renewal needs to be a priority. Mm. Um, we're going to talk about these four. The first one I think is kind of obvious is with your physical body. Mm. you got to take care of your physical body. And Stephen Covey says, first of all, you need to exercise regularly. What does exercise need to look like? Um, it really involves... Three things that I try to do on a regular basis, I know you do as well, but stretching, cardio, and strength training. Mm. Stretching's one that I used to scoff at when I was younger. <laughs> it's like, stretching, dude, if you're not sweating, you're not exercising. The older I get, the more I realize, my, my, particularly my leg muscles, just don't wanna work the way they used to. And stretching is essential for them to continue having the mobility that I'm used to. Uh, cardio 
your heart is the engine for your body. And you need to rev that engine up mm -hmm. as often as you can so it can stay strong and continue to move your body the way it's supposed to. Yeah. And the strength training, I mean, we've all probably had times where we stopped and our muscles developed atrophy really quickly. And then we tried to lift up something that was light and easy and you're like, oh, I'm so sore. <laughs> so, you know, physically you need to exercise. Eating right is a part of that too. Mm -hmm. I'm not a nutritionist, but it, we should probably avoid like sugary foods as best we can, right? <laughs> yeah. We should probably avoid really fatty foods. Uh, we should try to avoid, you know, things that are... Man, just eating out processed. is like, if you, if you do that all the time, you don't realize how unhealthy... You could make unhealthy foods at home and still be, still healthier. be way healthier than yeah. if you just ate out all the time. It's yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> but no, I... I the stretching thing, Emily, uh, this is a practical, and Emily listens to this, so hard, sorry, uh, but she's been getting back into volleyball, yeah. and just, uh, she wants to work on her overhand serve, so one of these things, she just, she's been working with the girls at the high school, uh, their team, and so she was like, I just really want to get back into it, because I can't do that as, as well anymore, and so she spent like an hour outside our house, just hitting the ball over uh like from the distance over our garage uh hitting the brick and whatever uh trying to do that the next four days her <laughs> arm was so sore that she couldn't do like any normal workout she normally does she she had trouble functioning other things and i was like did you stretch <laughs> at all before you you did that for an hour and or after like, no, right no none yeah. and so like it was definitely one of those moments where it's like you hurt yourself for the next four days yeah. and you probably lost all that strength training you'd built up. But yeah, no, be careful uh, uh, <laughs> with, with that. It is very important to stretch. <laughs> and, and the only other thing that Stephen Covey talks about, and I think this is one that it's hard for me, is getting enough sleep mm. and, and rest. You know, oh, I, It's one of those things that I would love to, but my brain... <laughs> <laughs> wakes me up before I should, but we all know how important sleep is. So Absolutely. sharpen the saw when it comes to your physical body. What's yeah. number two? Number two is mentally uh, you need to be sharpening your saw. An easy example uh, to explain this is the fact that you're kind of doing this right now. You're listening to the podcast. Uh, podcast will hopefully uh, like help you learn a little bit more or maybe be reminded of things that you knew were important uh, and learning is sharpening your brain mentally. Absolutely. Um, and I think the easiest way uh, to think about this is that uh, you've done this for a really long time in your life uh, up through high school. Mm. Um, but a lot of us, unfortunately, and I've, I've even fallen victim into this, as soon as we're not in a setting where we're being taught and that's like our goal, you know, for the year, mm. uh, and we're getting to a workplace and all of that stuff, we think we're done. Mm. When in reality, like, you'll be missing a lot and like you'll actually feel exhausted mentally <laughs> if you're not continuing to learn. Yeah. Um, I know that like, man, something I desperately missed for the first two years of ministry was my, my classes that I was in, uh, in college. And I, I was like, how in the world am I missing these? Like I, <laughs> I, I was stressed out, like getting, trying to get good grades and all these things. But then the moment that I stopped getting brand new books to read that I had to read and being forced to read, and the moment that I didn't have lectures like three times a day, yeah. I missed it. I, I realized, man, th those were actually growing me. Th those were making me feel like better afterward. It, like kind of like a like a physical uh, workout. You know, in the middle of them, you are annoyed. Couldn't but, wait to be done. Yeah, but when you're done, like you feel better about yeah. about it. And so, like I, I realized that I was missing that. Like it was almost like I was 
surviving on junk food rather than the healthiness. And so I had to find ways like podcasts, like reading uh, new books, like actually trying to force myself to read new books uh, and uh, finding other people other than uh, just uh, Brandon at the time and Jonathan to listen to, to teach me, you know. Um, and I think, I think that that's really, really important, not only spiritually, but also uh, with anything, like, uh, like with, uh, with continuing to press on to learn new skills, uh, learn new hobbies, learn new mm. things like that. Like those are important to press your mind and, and to expand. Well, you mentioned it just now when it came to the spiritual. The yeah. third aspect of... Sorry to ruin that. No, <laughs> you're good. The, the third aspect that we need to keep sharpening is our spiritual lives. And I know for us, we're mm. Christians and we follow Christ's example. Um, but really, this just comes down to going back to your core values, going back to mm. your core beliefs, because that's going to be what ends up informing all the other decisions that you make in life and ultimately will determine your impact in life. And so some of the habits that we have when it comes to sharpening our saw is daily prayer and Bible study. Mm. Uh, we engage in other spiritual disciplines when it comes to corporate as well as you know private worship, yeah. uh, fasting, um, meditating, uh, even doing journaling. These are all ways to sharpen your spiritual saw. Then the last one is uh, maybe a little bit easier than the other three. It's social, and, well, but really important, the mm. social and emotional uh, aspect or the dim dimension of sharpening your saw. Like You need to make sure um, that as you're doing all of these other things, you're finding time to be with others and not only be with others, but be with people who are going to build you up, who are going to, uh, I guess, do the iron sharpens iron thing, but in basic life. So... Are you having friendships? Are you uh, not only doing that, but are you uh, expressing your emotions healthily? Mm. Uh, so like finding people that you can talk about uh, everything going on, uh, whether it's good or bad, uh, or finding healthy, uh, I guess, outlets for, for those emotions. I know that even, I don't know if this would quite uh, fall into this, and maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, mm. uh, but talking with some football players um, they express, you know, uh, in high school, there's a lot of stress and, and uh, there's a lot of things to possibly make them uh, angry uh, or built up like tension and stuff. And football gives them kind of a healthy outlet sure. for that. Yeah. Uh, and so that not only is physically building, sharpening their saw, but it's also emotionally sharpening their saw. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, teams, that mm. is that social Absolutely. component. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here's what we want you to do, challenge. Just evaluate those four areas that Covey encourages you to sharpen your saw. Ask yourself, where am I dull? Mm. You know, is it the spiritual aspect? Is it the physical aspect? You know, where are you dull? And what is one thing, just one thing this week that you can do to sharpen your saw? I, I think, I just wanna tag onto this because this is an area that I've definitely, I'm definitely still learning. Uh, how to do this well. And there's times where we, we decide we want to sharpen our saw and then um, we quickly <laughs> fall out of that habit yeah, sure. because of a multitude of different things. Maybe it's just you have a hard time with discipline and you're trying to build that up. Stop and being it, lazy. Yeah, That's well, what Josh is trying no, to tell you. Uh, my main thing is, and this has helped me a lot, kind of build that discipline even up to um, harder and tougher things to say yes to in terms of sharpening physically, mentally, and all of those things, is to first start with things that you really enjoy. Uh, so find healthy things that will sharpen all four of these things that you look forward to doing. 
so, so like, spiritually, it's going to be fasting for all of you, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's no, what you're immediately going to jump my, into. My immediate thought with that one is um, I love to worship. And so finding yeah. a moments where I can be by myself and playing music and like praying and all that stuff, like that's something I enjoy doing. And so I can do that. I can accomplish this, but also walk away like excited to go back and do it again. Um, for physically, it might be like an activity that is healthy that you enjoy. Like disc golf for mm. me was a great one uh, where I didn't realize it, but I'm walking th- or walking slash running, depending on how excited I am about where I threw the, <laughs> the disc, three miles every single time I play 18 holes. I'm, it's just, just, like, I'm just curious. <laughs> so as you're, on yeah, that, as you're on that disc golf field, do you ever like throw and get so excited? You're like, I got to sprint yeah, to no, that next one. Really? Absolutely. Oh, that's funny. There's times where like you will throw it and you don't know where it landed and you know it was a good throw. Gotcha. Okay. And so you chase okay. it. You're like, okay. where did it land? And then other times where you actually threw it into somewhere where it's yeah. where you can't, you might lose it and you're like, oh my gosh, oh, I just gotcha. went into a deep, Woods, I need to make sure I remember exactly where I threw it, and you're going to chase it. No, no. There's plenty of times where you run. I hope that I see you <laughs> down at the park at some point in my life, just, like, chasing down Frisbees. We need to play disc golf together. You'll, you'll probably see it the first time we play together. Josh is too good. I actually want to compete at games that maybe <laughs> I have a chance at, but who knows? We'll mm. see. All right, well, until next time, don't forget that life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. See ya.